Welcome in to the DNVR Draft Podcast, presented by Drift Car Sharing. I'm Henry Chisholm, back after a long time, and with me, as always, is Andre Simone. Yeah, feels like a long hiatus, huh? It's been forever. So much has happened. Yeah, truly. I, I haven't had a chance to talk about Tua getting hurt. That wow. That's how long it's been. Yeah, I guess that would make sense. The The timing of that would would drive with it all. Wow, that's crazy. It is crazy. There's so much to talk about. Uh, I am really excited to get back here because I got to see one of the best teams in the country play last weekend, and we're going to talk a lot about uh, some of these conference championship matchups, some college football playoff stuff. Uh, the Broncos are winning football games, which kind of changes everything we've been talking about, so we got to get into that. Uh, but before we start digging in, I want to tell you a little bit more about Drift Car Sharing. Basically, what happens is you drop your car off at their lot at the airport, and you don't have to pay to park. You get to park there for free. Uh, they'll clean your car. They'll rent your car out and insure it. You don't have to worry about that. And then give you a share of the money that they earn renting your car out. So instead of paying to park, you get paid to park, and it's just an incredible deal. Yeah, not bad at all, huh? For more info, you can go to drivedrift.com and check it all out. It's a great deal. Um, let's just jump into this. Let's just dig let's into uh, all these matchups this weekend. Uh, starting with the SEC, Bama plays Auburn. Yeah. What do you expect there? Well, I did pick Auburn. Uh, the line was minus three for Bama. So I, I got that one right. I think that might have been one where Ryan and I differed. He logically picked uh, picked Bama. And, yeah, they ended up losing. There were four NFL wide receivers on display. Four, like, first-round wide receivers on display. It's so crazy to crazy. think that they have that much talent. Well, and then you remember that LaVisca Chenault just about went to Bama. Imagine throwing Dude. him <laughs> into that group of Bama receivers. They'd have like five receivers. They would have converted him to uh, running back or something. I don't even know. I don't I, even I don't, know what I don't he know. would do with. I, he can play anywhere. He's, so anyways, uh, Jalen Waddle, the sophomore, maybe looked like the best receiver of the bunch. Yeah. What Isn't that stud. crazy how that just keeps happening, though? It's just yeah. another guy keeps jumping up out of that offense, and you don't know whether they're a product of the offense or whether they're all being held back by the offense, as crazy yeah. as that sounds. There's just so much... Jerry Judy may be the least impressive of the bunch. Hmm. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Had a bad drop. Um, Just was outshined by Ruggs and Waddle and even Devontae Smith, who feels very Terry McLaurin-y, like the third wide receiver on a really good team. A key member and kind of a guy that in that locker room is really respected. Now, his stats are better than what McLaurin had last year, uh, but still just getting overlooked. Slowly but surely, it seems like he's getting uh, properly evaluated, and uh, he he might sneak into the first round now, too. It's just crazy how it's fast insane. all of these receivers are. Yeah. Like, it's just so much speed. It's almost like watching the Chiefs. You know, the Chiefs with Tyreek Hill and Mecole Hardman and that Demarcus Robinson, all, Sammy Watkins, yeah. all these guys who are just blazing fast, and there's no way that you're third fastest cornerback is able to keep up with their third fastest receiver yeah truly i mean and shout out to Derek brown who maybe more so than last week or the week prior becomes more of a priority for the broncos because of how their draft position has changed 
three and a half tackles for a loss against that O-line. Not Ooh. bad at all. Ooh. For a guy who's handling double teams the entire game, um, really impressive. But, you know, it, I mean, those wide receivers proved even with Mac Jones, they can put up 335 yards in the air against easily one of the country's best defenses. Yeah, well, and Insane. I didn't get a chance to watch this game because I was in Utah for the Colorado-Utah game. And, Makes uh, sense. Makes sense. Utah, so a, a big part of their playoff hopes was uh, having right. Alabama lose this game um, because of just the way the ranking stacked up at the time. Yeah, one loss Bama was not good. No. Was probably, like, guaranteed to make that fourth seed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was in the elevator uh, on the way up from the field to the press box right before the game started, and it's just like a, an elevator filled with Utah fans heading up to the club level. Uh-huh. One of them says, Bama just lost. They actually just lost, and and they just went insane. Like those wow. people were so excited and to be on the other side of that. So I've gone back and watched the highlights, but how's it's just that crazy. for why we don't need an eight team or sixteen or thirty two team playoffs, <laughs> huh? People <laughs> in Utah rejoicing over an Auburn win. Yeah, isn't that pretty cool? I mean, who's isn't number nine? Cool, who's Hank? number nine? Uh, they would have lost it too. Uh, I don't know. There's always going to be that stuff on the That's fringe. That's true. I mean, uh, Wisconsin or Florida getting in with that eighth seed would be pretty interesting right now. It'd be pretty crazy. Yeah. I think, you know, how many teams can actually compete right now for a title? Do you think anybody outside of Ohio State or LSU will actually win? Clemson, for sure. You think Clemson's right in there, Clemson too? Clemson has a legit shot. Okay. Dude, that Georgia defense is so good. You know, the, the, you have a couple big enough games from that running game, which has, you know... The, yeah. Nothing but oh, stud running backs seriously. and maybe the best O-line in the country. They can do some damage. Now, Georgia needs to beat LSU to get in. So it's like a the plot thickens. But yeah. that's I mean, that's another one. The good people in Utah will be rooting hard for LSU and that SEC championship down in Atlanta. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It, it was pretty crazy. It's crazy the way that this Bama Auburn game went too. Uh you yeah. know, I was like following along looking at the scores, not really seeing what's happening, but just to see them keep going up and up and up. And you're like, is this really SEC football? <laughs> like, right. this is the, In my first right. year co- covering college football, this is what I was told not to expect from the Iron Bowl. Truth, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, very atypical. I this just, was not like the 6-3 to three or 9-6 to six game they had a few years back when they were – or I'm thinking LSU, uh, Bama, but yeah, these uh, and that was another game. LSU Bama this year did not look like LSU Bama of years past. What do you think that means? Like, does does this mean that the SEC is falling off? Do you think that by losing the identity, it's they're kind of falling in line with college football? It might be more attainable to beat them, or is this just a shift in their focus? But they're still, you know, head and shoulders better than the rest of college football. This is modern football, brother. Yeah? And if it's happening in the SEC, it's soon to happen in the NFL as well. Mm, I like that That's my thought. That makes sense. That we're just moving into more and more offense-heavy, seven-on-seven type of football, and it's happening in the SEC. It's it's happening everywhere. Wow. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's so much talent on those defenses, but uh, when you have, like, four NFL-caliber first-round receivers... You're going to put up points. Yeah, and and when there's talent on both sides of the ball, and I think that that's why the SEC 
And again, I don't want to be one of those people that just says the SEC is so much better than everybody else. It's just the very elite of the SEC that are generally the best teams in college football. Like, sure, you might have a Big Ten team like Ohio State join that conversation or Clemson join the conversation, but when you're comparing top three in each conference, you got to say the SEC is just kind of been dominant over the last 10 Certainly years. Certainly this you know? year, yeah. So it, it just seems like that is where you get so much talent on both sides of the ball, and you can kind of see where football is because it is just like all-star teams on both sides. It isn't high scoring because the defense isn't talented because there is the talent there too. You For can sure. just see that right now there's so many smart people designing offenses, changing the way that football's played. That's and, the other thing. And the next step, like eventually there will be defensive minds that come up with some crazy thing that will take it down. And right. it's just like this give and take and give and take. But right now, offensive football is just flourishing because there's so many smart people thinking about it. That is what I love about football compared to other sports. Like basketball and the NBA it's just a three-point perimeter-dominated game right now. That's just the deal. And there's no, like, going back. Like, Pandora's box has been yep. opened. That's where we're at now. And hockey is this free-flowing, fast game where offensive defensemen dominate and you don't have enforcers anymore. Football, the beauty is every trend has a counter trend a couple years later. Yep. So even in the NFL, it was like, oh, pass-heavy league, blah, blah, blah. Actually, the running game is kind of what dominates. Look at the Ravens and Niners. That's It's run run defense and it's run offense. Like, yeah. That's what dominates. And yeah. rushing quarterbacks are factoring into that, but it's still all part of this counter trend to the trend we had a few years ago of, you know, the the passing league dominating things and then because it became more of a passing league we started to see lighter defenses and more nickel and then this is like the counter to that counter yeah, and yeah I, exactly I love it it's just exactly. the ultimate chess game but then you look at basketball and again like you said now it's three pointers everybody's taking those it's more efficient and so the counter is people in the league office say hey maybe we should throw a four point line out there <laughs> it's just like like that's how they go back because there isn't just that natural ebb and flow that there always is with football and it just seems like i mean football it's a chess match and there are always more ideas that you can use to draw something up and schemes that you can pull together and you're just going to keep building and building off of what started 60 years ago yep. you know and it's yep. just going to keep developing and mm -hmm. changing and that's what's so fun and this era in particular is so much fun and and it's a beautiful thing man and you see, like, what the Chiefs did in the NFL, taking, like, all the college stuff uh, last year, and then the Ravens this year do something similar, but then also revert to power football, where it's right. all this pistol stuff, heavy formations, still right. using that creativity, but pulling it in, and just, like, all these little tweaks back Absolutely. and forth. I think and, that's uh, so underrepresented. We talk so much about the rushing quarterback. We're not talking about how it's a rushing quarterback in as old school formations and play calls as they get. It's so much fun. Like it's three tight ends. It's it's multiple running backs. It's a lot of pistol, as you're saying. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's so much fun. Well, and yesterday, LaVisca Chenault announced that he was going to the NFL. And uh, I got to write, it ended up 
taking hours and hours and ended up being like 1,800 words on uh, where I think his best fits would be mm-hmm. in the NFL and mm-hmm. also where I'd most like to see him play uh, here is the answer to that one. Hey, but, there you uh, go. To spoil the entire story, <laughs> uh, the Ravens would be such a fun place for him. Imagine all the different things you could do. Like you flex him in the backfield in one of those fullback spots. And it isn't like you're putting them there because he's a fullback, because he's a lead blocker, but just changes that look enough where all of a sudden it's a whole other set of things that somebody could do from that position. And for a guy like LaVisca, he... He just needs touches. He needs volume. He isn't a guy that you target six or eight times a game. He's a guy that you put the ball in his hands as often as you can Mm -hmm. and let him work. And what the Ravens do is get so many players close to the quarterback where it's easy to get Mm -hmm. them the ball. And LaVisca in that scheme. Oh, lined up as an H-back. Yes. Oh, my God. It'd be be insane. I was telling Ryan on last week's pod, my dream would be to see him in a, a backfield with Phil Lindsay where they're running like direct snap wildcat stuff with oh. Phil or Visca and then the other one's like option passing Could to the imagine? other like or and, and I was talking to Ryan yesterday when I was talking about like ideas for that story and I I got to thinking like you know maybe the Broncos aren't a terrible fit you know you see them last week running like the pistol themselves with a halfback and two fullbacks or like Beck and Hireman kind of like tight ends there right imagine right. putting Visca in one of those spots Imagine what you could do. Like, you can throw him the ball. You can run the ball. You can ask him yeah. the ball. That's low-key a, a, a real good landing spot. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the downside is that the Broncos' offense hasn't been good, and it takes a lot of projection to be like, yes, that's going to be an offense that mm-hmm. a receiver is going to thrive in. But just the way the scheme fits, it isn't asking him to be a speed guy. It's asking him to be a power guy, which is what he is. Right. Uh, yeah, he's so much more than just a big outside number one receiver, right? Like exactly. you can do so much with him. He's a yak machine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're gonna get to talk a lot about Fisca. This is gonna uh, be a, a I'm fun so off season. Yeah, I'm so excited. Uh, we can keep talking about college football because we got through one of the. Uh, the games of the week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Michigan, Ohio State. Yikes. Yeah, J.K. Dobbins, outstanding running back. Um, that Ohio State offensive line is terrific. Probably don't get to talk about them enough. Um, Wyatt Davis, the right guard, gets a lot of hype, but they're just so talented everywhere. Um, I wonder if either of their tackles would. Well, Jonah Jackson that's their left guard he wouldn't uh he he will definitely not be in school but um munford the left tackle is a junior i wonder if he'd declare brandon bowen the right tackle is a redshirt senior i wonder what his stock really is at this point um pete warner their linebacker is so talented malik harrison their other linebackers really had a good season um their safety, Jordan Fuller, who I famously remember making a gif of Noah Fant burning this guy in the slot for Ohio State. It was Jordan Fuller. He's having a great season. You know, they've got three corners that are NFL level. Um, Chase Young has been an absolute beast. But really, Justin Fields was the star of that game. Even gets knocked out, comes back in, still carves up uh, that Michigan defense, which was playing amazing football. Um, and, man, him against Trevor Lawrence is going to be quite the battle for top quarterback next season. It's going to be so much fun. Lawrence has been on a, like, three, four, five-game heater, too. So things are picking back up. 
you know what's really crazy at this point to me is that Colorado, I was just looking through this because the end of the season, if they had just finished off the game against Arizona, yeah, finished off the game against USC, yep, they'd likely be playing Michigan in a bowl game. Michigan or Iowa. No. Yeah, that's the difference. No. Yeah, the way everything stacks up, that's how close they were to be competing at that level. Just because when you look at the Pac-12 standings, conference records, yeah, I guess they'd be the second one, team in the South. Eight huh? and one, seven and two, and then a bunch of teams at four and yeah, five. There we go. Right, and and they had those three wins. They flip wow, a couple of those. Crazy. All of a sudden, they're fourth with the team going to the playoff. That puts them third in the Pac-12. It's crazy how close that that was, and some of that is how disappointing Michigan has been again, you know? I mean, they kind of figured it out for a moment there. And um, that's not how college football works, though. Really fell back to earth with um, with that loss to Ohio State, who just has their number. Do you keep Harbaugh around? Like, like, what's the leash like at this point? Like, it's just been so consistently... I know. I think you have to. I mean, you got to remember they were like what the third best team in the country last year before losing to Ohio State. Okay. They were undefeated third. Like, you know, it's always easy to be like, uh, we got to fire this guy. It's our standards are higher. Blah blah blah. All college fan bases do this. Yes. Yep. All college fan bases do this, where every fan base thinks we should be as good as that one five-year stretch in our hundred-year history. Like that one true outlier where we were dominating, that's what we should always be. Well, guess what? That's unrealistic. But it seems like like Michigan at least should be closer though, right? Well, they're pretty close. I mean, mean, they're a top ah, 15 program who was like in the top five last year. That's fair. But then... Right? Yeah. I just have... have There hasn't been a time in the last while where i've been like michigan is going to be up there contending they're this good i mean they were last year (sighs) okay i I mean you know i i loved a couple weeks ago before um frost got extended by nebraska which congrats on that move huskers (laughs) um (laughs) how you know all these pieces coming out of like well the fear in nebraska is that if it's not gonna work with coach frost it won't work with anyone what? And it's kind of like you guys realize you were like a ranked team who was winning your vi- division with Bo Pelini. Like, yeah. let's not yeah. act like, oh, no one's ever figured it out since Tom Osborne. Like, no, maybe you weren't elite national contenders year in, year out, but you yeah. were still you were still good. You were still competitive. You weren't like a joke the way you are now under Bo. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, so I, I would I would say with Harbaugh, careful what you wish for yeah remember it's just so hard to find somebody to pull in right there you know to get some like uh. i mean the problem is ohio state's (laughs) a little bit uh they're they're the alabama of the big 10 and you know lsu could have fired ed orgeron too yeah but they stayed the course Mm -hmm. they tweaked a couple things and all of a sudden they beat the big bad wolf big bad wolf that no one thought they could beat. it's true so Here's just a weird tangent off of that. that just popped back into my brain. Oh boy! Remember when? Uh, yeah. Remember when Harbaugh said uh, he doesn't want his team eating chicken because chickens are nervous birds. Yeah. During. I mean, he's he's an odd one. 
Oh, yeah. He says weird stuff. During that whole Broncos game on Sunday, <laughs> I, just, okay. I just kept thinking, this coaching staff, they're just all nervous birds. Like, that's what this feels like. Where it's like, I couldn't turn it into a tweet anyway. Like, I didn't know how to, like, make that pull where it's like, oh. Big fan, you must have been eating a nervous bird because it's just like like weird. But that's what it felt like. Uh, that It was just like this thing that popped in my head and wouldn't leave. And hopefully now that I get it out, I can stop thinking about it. Before the week, he had a great, great quote um, before the Ohio State game of explaining how they started off slow but then really hit their stride and said, you know, you can't plant potatoes and expect to eat potato salad the next day. So... Hank, he's telling you to be patient, okay? So true. You want to eat so potato true. salad, but you planted the potatoes yesterday, okay? You got to give it a sec. Okay, first of all, if I want potato salad, I'm not <laughs> planting the potatoes. I'm honestly not even going to the store. I'm buying potatoes. I'm getting pre-made potato salad and just eating that. Here, here. And and it'd probably be a lot better than the potatoes I grew myself. That Facts. might not be true of anybody. I, I, I would guess most people can buy better potato salad from the store than they can make themselves with homegrown potatoes. Well, with that controversial take, hit us up and let us know. Can you make better potato <laughs> salad? King Supers. Then you can buy. Yeah, and I'm talking like King, King Supers, Supers, not Whole Foods, too. There you go. Yeah, there like you go. Just not straight the up fancy grocery store. stuff. Nope, yep. nope. That's not what we do here. It's not going to Tony's Italian Market. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds expensive. Um, it is. It is. Shouts to them. Let's talk about one more thing before we move on. Okay. And I think that we wanted to compare the defenses. At Georgia and at Utah. Well, there's so much talent. You want to start by describing the defense you just saw for the Utes? Yeah. Because so they're impressive. I would start with they're very good. Uh-huh. Um, Controversial. T- <laughs> it, it all starts with them just being so big up front. Um, doing my research for Utah was actually a lot of fun. Um, because you, it, in pro football, everything is just so clean. It's like, why does this team have... Good defensive lineman. Well, it's because the front office values it, and so they spend high draft picks on it. Maybe they have somebody like sneak up. They invest money in free agency. Players just go where the money takes them. That's like 90-something percent of their decision. It's all just pretty clear. But with Utah, um, Salt Lake City being the home of the Mormon church and all that kind of stuff, Yeah, they, they send a lot of missionaries out to Polynesia out to all these Pacific islands. And so there's strong Mormon populations out there. And so when it becomes time to recruit, you get a lot of these really big, you know, Samoan guys who want to go to Utah because that's like the homeland of their religion. They kind of have some grown men out there playing. Oh, yeah. 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 And so like they have this whole pipeline built through that. And so then you get that strain of these Pacific Islanders, just very big men and then you also get the ones who aren't there for the religious reasons, but they have like that Polynesian culture, like all these Polynesian um, other people around because the other ones are Mormon. And so it just keeps grows, growing and growing. And that's where this whole defensive line just comes from. Well, Leckie Foto, the defensive oh, tackle, he's a beast. He'll be at the Senior Bowl, I'm almost certain. I cannot wait. Oh, seriously. Like, he'd be, no, there's a guy who would be perfect in orange and blue. Just getting down there and looking at these people, it's just another breed than anything else that I get to see covering the Pac-12. 
Like just seeing how right it's a it, they're well, massive. It's got a feel of an SEC defense. They're yeah. massive, mm-hmm. and and they're also very athletic and all that kind of stuff. Like right. they can generate pressure. Bradley well, Bradley and A another guy who's great, like, oh, great. Oh yeah, did he kill uh, Hambright's draft stock there? <sighs> Hambright's in a weird spot. I think I think the the feeling within CU's program is that if they could just have him for one more year, they could polish him up. Yeah. They could turn him into a, a real tackle prospect for the mm-hmm. nfl mm-hmm. but in the whatever six months nine months he's been on campus they they're just like halfway through that process and right. so for Hambright, right. i i do think there's still a lot of potential there he's still just very raw um yeah it might be worth taking a risk on if you're if you, if you have an extra spot on your roster yeah. pra- spot on the practice squad that kind of stuff i mean but looks the part that's half the battle that's so on much the of the battle sometimes yeah, yeah. and and he Especially definitely at tackle it, it, it would have been nice to have performed just a little bit better and yeah. be able to hide that you are raw. But I think that people knew right. he just wasn't there yet to be competing with this type of talent. But that's really where it all starts for Utah. It's just like up front, yes. they are bigger than you on both sides of the ball. They're stronger. Mm-hmm. I mean, They don't need to rush as many players just because they can generate a pass rush without doing that. Right, and just then the they have front four straight up is going to get to you. Exactly. Yep. And then you have the talent behind that... I mean, you probably could rush, and they'd still be just fine back there. How great is that matchup going to be? Well, I guess I'm jumping the gun, yeah, but against like Oregon's that. line, though, oh. that's <laughs> that's two oh. elite units going up against each other. And you don't, I mean, it seems like all over college football, teams are trying to get into that like SEC mold. Um, we hear it a lot in the Pac-12 in particular. Cristobal and, it, and exactly. Mel Tucker really um, doing it in the pack. Yeah. Just trying to get big and bulky and... Mm beat teams up you know playing football the way football has been played for forever and the thing about the Pac-12 is that it just isn't there yet you know you have a team like Colorado where they're they're starting to play that way but they just don't have the the dudes is what it comes down to I think that Oregon is one of the two maybe offensive lines outside of Utah that really is that good and this is going to be one of the first real tests for that Utah defensive line. Um, and it'll be interesting to see before they start to go face, you know, Ohio State or whoever they wind up with yeah. in that first round. Yep. It's big time. It, it think, will, the, will this model right. of rushing for keeping a bunch of de- talented defensive backs back there, will that actually hold up against teams with those offensive lines? Because we just don't know. Right. Then the back seven has guys like Francis Bernard and Jalen Johnson. That Blackman. Blackman, their free safety. I like him. Really intriguing. Really like really him. Really like him, for yeah. sure. A lot of lot of players worth watching there. It, it's Again, just being down on the field and looking at them, you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I believe this is it. This is what NFL linemen look like. Mm-hmm. In the same way that you look at Visca and you're like, this is what... I mean, this is this might not be what an NFL receiver looks like. Like he is just so big and <laughs> right. so jacked. Right. But but you, there's just a difference. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about Georgia? Like yeah, I mean, different defense because they play more of that three-four look. Um, Tyler Clark, mm-hmm. who's been injured a lot, starting to get going. They're deep too. Like they're rotating a lot of guys, so they don't necessarily have a ton of stars. But they have a lot of really, really good players. Monty Rice, their junior linebacker, he flies around sideline to sideline. He's just been raising and raising his stock. You know, and then that secondary, those safeties aren't messing around. J.R. Reed um, and Richard LeConte. 
Um, they're talented. Their corners are talented, though they're a little younger. Uh, there's, they're going to be. They've been on a heater lately, and it'll be really interesting to see LSU go against them because I think this is probably the best defense LSU has faced all year. And LSU has played an incredible gauntlet. Like they have just played talented team after talented team this season. Okay. And made them look silly. You're you're just some random offensive coordinator you in college me. football right now. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Who would you rather face? Utah or Georgia? Just defense alone. Oh man. Like, don't even worry about matchups or any of that. It's just, like, generic football team. Who you want? That's a great question. I think just barely, and maybe I'm stupid. I think, though, I would rather play, drumroll, please. Oh, that's going to sound terrible. Georgia. Oh! I think so. Really? I think so. I mean, and the only thing that front four scares me so much for you, Tommy. It's it's something else. They will compete defensively with the rest of the country, and that backfield will carry them offensively. the The question with Utah, if they make it into the playoffs, is man, can that O line hold up? Because that O line's so young. Yep. Yep. And again, it's a good offensive line for the Pac-12. For sure, sure. College they, football playoff. They do a great job coaching that unit up. But yes, yeah, college football playoff a, when you're playing against a different level. The Chase Youngs of the world and the Clavon Chassons of the world and you know all the studs Clemson's got. That's, it's that's another type of test for your O line. Yeah, it's going to be so much fun. I mean, I am just so excited for. The college football play. I, I honestly, I'm excited for this weekend getting to see all this see? football and first. I've always argued you want an eight seed playoff. You you basically have it this week with the championship games. So, anyways, let's get into that. Um, okay, let's get into. Okay. That. Let's just well, j- jump we, right in. I love doing that. Uh, first, though, we should talk about uh, the Avalanche, not not the the hockey team. Oh, you actually, got do, me. do you have any thoughts on them? Miko Rantanen's a freak. Uh, you, I've, is I've he mul- is like he overrated f- because he plays with Nathan <laughs> McKinnon? <laughs> no, he is not. <laughs> I've spent like the last three hours thinking of like what a good nickname would be based on the fact that he needs no preparation and can come in cold and be like the best player on the ice. And what you come up with? The best I have. Oh no, <laughs> this is terrible, Henry. Oh, you know it. Too. It's the big microwave. The big microwave. <laughs> Okay, uh, we're gonna have to ask people about that. This was the exact yeah crowdsource that, that I was kids. looking for when I asked you about the Avalanche, the big microwave. Um, but the beer from Breckenridge Brewery, the Avalanche, such a good beer. Only thing that could compete with Miko is Breckenridge's Avalanche. Wow, what a Ale, weird huh? matchup that would be. Throw them in a bracket. Oh, you just man. gotta vote one versus the other. No contact. We would be so torn. <laughs> we would be so torn. <laughs> the big microwave versus the best American Amber Ale money can buy. Wow. There you go. Yeah. And it really doesn't take that much money to buy it. I think that that's my favorite part about Breckenridge is that... Very like, affordable. Exactly. They just do every beer better than the other versions of that beer, but they don't make it all that much more ex- expensive. Right. It's, it's, just, right. it's just a great beer. That one in particular is just one that... I don't know. It's like a classic. I could just pound a bunch of these beer. Which and great for this weather. 
Mm. You just like mm, give me an amber ale right now, you mm. know. Also, that ale. stupid tea and I got sh- I saw so many. <laughs> 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 give me an amber ale, baby. Yeah. I still have so much Christmas ale from that uh, <laughs> Christmas party from our friendsgiving party. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, whatever. A Christmas ale got me all <laughs> thrown off, but yeah, I've I've just been like going through that and the big turkey over I've here acquired the taste for that as well i don't know i just love breckenridge brewery is what it comes down to uh you guys should definitely check them out if you haven't yet you can use the beer locator on their app and uh it will tell you where you can get all the different beers like the avalanche or the strawberry sky i still haven't had the ma- have you had the mango mosaic no uh, it sounds good though doesn't highly it? suggested huh mango mosaic Brandon just walked in. Brandon just... Oh, look. And he's, oh, what's he's he wearing, Andre? A Breckenridge Brewery, top to bottom. Just only the shoes aren't Breckenridge Brewery. Nike shoes. We got work and on that. And he just said... You got work on, you're not a Nike guy? Oh, I'm a Nike said, guy, but I'm a Breckenridge guy more. Oh, yeah. There yeah, you go. You got to get yeah, some Breckenridge yeah. kicks. And yeah. uh, Brandon just gave his endorsement on the mango <laughs> on the mango beer as well. So there you go. If, the, if it's mm. good enough for the boss, it's good enough for you all. He's oh, saying really? it's not I'm United in Orange. I have. It's not my favorite. Blood Orange Ale. That's it. Oh, is that? Maybe I just went into it expecting. Yeah. Oh. United, United Blood in Orange. Blood Orange Ale. Uh, I'm not there. sure if you can hear him. It's very good. Very uh, good. Love that. Now, Ridge we are doing a spot for Avalanche specifically. So, Oh, please, what do you think? Uh, please, do, you want, do you want in on this so that they can hear it too? Oh, boy. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Boy, I feel like... Um, I, I feel like it's, you know, the pot was, is this, oh, this isn't even live streaming? No. no. Oh, so this was terrible. Like, there was nothing good about me yelling in the door. No. At least right. if it was live streaming, I thought they would be able to yeah. hear it. That's right. Um, but no, it was just podcast. All they heard was you guys talking to something vaguely sounding weird. I, I mean, distance. I was trying to give the play-by-play of what you were saying. Yes. Yeah. That's why I was yes. doing that. Ter- yeah. Generally terrible podcasting. Do you remember when a guy complained about the professionalism of a podcast when we did this like a year ago? Yep. And we yep. were like, bro, it's a podcast. <laughs> Go get get the hell out of here! Like you're kicked off. You're not allowed to listen to this. <laughs> Shouts to that guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we guy, still love you. This like what Brandon just said. F I, you. I uh, <laughs> I endorse you listening to us. Oh, I draft to oh, a, Henry just uh, asked. I don't a, have the medical information. I don't know. You know, I mean, so well, assume that your medical team clears him. Uh, assume that like he's. I mean, he had the same. Didn't he have the same injury as Bo Jackson? I mean, I know yeah, it's 20 he's, years later. He's a quarterback. I, uh, he's not trying he's to not run. He's not like a running quarterback. Right. Either, he's not but, trying but he's to run on like a 240-pound frame like Bo Jackson was, you know? Yeah. I mean, And play center uh, field. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm all sure that tear he's going to be knees. ready. And, and if he doesn't rehab fast enough, his dad will whip him probably. Wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Our, uh, you know that's a real story, right? That was like a real story. You don't know that story? Oh boy. You don't know the reference? You know the reference, right, Dre? Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I vaguely Dude, he grew this. up in like this insane home with these insane pressures. And if he had like incompletions and stuff, like his dad would like beat his ass. Yeah. Like seriously. Like, dude, he like he grew up he grew up in like this like serious family. Henry shook by this story. You oh, guys can't see it, dude. But. It's in it's like intense. Look it up. It's an intense story. 
Would like, you uh, would you draft him even if there, Drew Locke plays well? Like on Twitter, this was like a big thing on Twitter, and it was like one side being like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you raised someone like this," and the other, and then these other people just like, "Well, do you want a Heisman candidate son that you've created or not?" You know, it was like it was like crazy. Yeah. It was like wow. Yeah, yeah that, that was like Twitter. It was like worse. Well, Andre Agassi was kind of raised that same was way. Was it? Was yeah. it? Yeah, maybe not as much beatings, but really like hardcore training at a very younger. That's right. I am the resident Andre. Great athletes. Uh, yeah. They're either raised like that or thrown away. I guess so. Uh, no. We we do not um, endorse that. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not endorsing that. I yeah. just wanted to. Uh, we may uh, have to kick Brandon off in a quick second. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh. Are you getting McChesney vibes? What? What? Oh. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, okay. What channel of is this in? Is this on Broncos or bu- or Buffs or it's both? Going on both. Oh, it's going on it's both. Going oh, this on is both. This is great. This is great. Just delete this part. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, <laughs> I guess so. Uh, I have um, officially so turned red. I can feel it in my face. Yeah, it's, it's all right. I feel like this is, was potentially better for live streaming um i was here to oh you asked me we were going to talk about avalanche read but but, oh, yeah. but avalanche is great beer but um but yes. but you wanted to talk about um a Tua. Tua. Of Iloa, yeah. yeah i mean two two i mean hey you know uh it, it all comes down to the injury but if you think he's going to be healthy then of course you're going to draft him that's course, my feeling because he well. was already potentially the first overall pick. That's right, but not if you're the Broncos, right? That wasn't the question. Well, that is the question. No, oh, if you're the Broncos, yeah. oh no, no, no. I mean, well, well, how good is Tua? I well, mean, well, we're gonna find out how good Drew Locke is. Is Tua right? a generational talent? If Drew Locke goes like talent. four and one here, and he's really good, or he goes three and two, and he's really good, and you see some, from what I saw, Locke looked incredible. I thought when, yeah. when they gave him a chance yeah. to throw, right? And people were saying, well, this is the same thing as we got from Allen. I'm like, no, it's. Do you no. even know what you're looking at? Third down like, stats actually show. That they're puts the ball offices. on a rope, and you know who he reminded me of? Is he reminded me of a young Jay Cutler? Hundred percent. And, and you know, people give you some. So, and and I know that he kind of looks like him and stuff. But but he really did like throwing Jay Cutler. If you, Jay Cutler was incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, first off, Jay Cutler's arm is one. Of, he has one of the livest arms in the history of the, of the league. Um, yeah, according yeah, to him, that's better right. Than, better than Elway, according um, to Elway. Boy, see, that's, I mean, that just shows you the mental and PR disaster that he was. That was his demise in the NFL. Attitude, abrasiveness, you know, all those, it wasn't arm talent. No, that's the for sure. The guy was incredible, mm-hmm. right? He kind well, of cleaned up his decision making. He and, really, and then, and off so, the field, so he could have at least been Lock, Matthew Stafford. Like, Locke is like... Cutler arm talent, legitimately like all of Cutler arm talent, with like coachable teammates love him. Uh, you saw him at the end of the game with enthusiasm. Like, dude, this dude is this dude's got a chance. And if he's your guy, then he's your guy, and you stick with him. And I think they can build the franchise around him. Now the Broncos are going to have seventy million in cap space. The Broncos have an abundance of draft picks next year. Yep. In the next two years. Okay, uh, listen, I mean, they get rid of some of this. Oops. They get rid of some of this um, dead weight that they've got on the top here. And, I mean, your core right now is Dalton Reisner, Philip Lindsay, Cortland Sutton. I mean, you've, you have a legitimate Drew Locke if he's your guy. Justin Simmons. These are all young guys that you rally around, that you build your future around. They're all great culture guys. Broncos are onto something here. I'd agree. 
There you go. That's me. That's the end of it. You can do the Gold Boys read. Thank you. There you go. I, I know Ryan swears by the CBD lip uh, balm, so he does have Gold that. Boys is like the CBD specialist. You know, you've got like we do. You know, green solution, and you can get all of the. You know. St- well, whatever let's not smoke, whatever pump other sponsors well, I, I know, in I their know, own read, saying, Brandon. I, uh, it's, it's, I, I got to get out of here. You got to get <laughs> out of here. But, but, but I'm just saying, Gold Poor Boys form. is <laughs> CBD incredible. I mean, CBD everything. They have great deals on all the other stuff, Exactly. Too, but great shop. C- CBD is like great logo. really what they've really yeah. nailed down. And, no one and, does it and, better. And, and no one does CBD better than Gold Boys. Hey, That's I'm exactly out of here, guys. It. Thanks for having me. And thanks you for letting me ruin your entire <laughs> podcast. Thank you, Brandon. Always a pleasure. <laughs> Always a joy to let you ruin our podcast. <laughs> um, Gold Boys, though. Yeah, lip balm. Ryan swears by it. Yeah. Uh, I made fun of him for having lip balm, and then all of a sudden my lips started bleeding because it was too dry. And I tried some lip balm. Not going to name names here, but uh, it didn't work. And it was a uh, beeswax lip balm. So... Beeswax lip balm. But, uh, yeah, I, I need to try their lip balm. Uh, if you guys haven't been out there, you definitely need to. They have a whole bunch of murals like Nelson Mandela, Oprah, Martin Luther King Jr. I read that. I'm just like, how have I not been – like, what – how do you have room for murals on the walls of a shop? Like, is this a we, – we just need to go check we, it out. We have murals on the walls of our office. Literally, huh? too, right we, here we, behind We make me. it work, so. Uh, yep. Uh, <laughs> you guys sometimes ask questions where I wonder <laughs> what world you live in. I Can we talk about wonder what how I the Broncos' priorities change at 11 and the college football playoffs and stuff? Please, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can probably do that. How far behind are we? <laughs> With, oh, we are very behind. Yeah, we're 40 minutes in now. You're kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's just go. Let's go Broncos. I think I think that that was a good transition. There you go. Okay. Um, yeah, how do the options uh, change at 11, huh? So here's the thing. Tua's probably out of the conversation now. I was telling Dre before this that uh, – those those Pac-12 after dark nights and then the trips in particular always like screw up your sleep schedule. All yeah, of a sudden, sure. like like you don't sleep that night at all, and so you end up going to bed at like six, and then all of a sudden like things just get weird. But on Mondays, I have to go back for media availability because uh, that's my job. Sure. And those are at nine a.m. And so boom, like you're just right back on track. Yeah, I hear you. You still feel a bit weird for a couple days, but then eventually you get back into it with no media availability this week. All of a sudden, I'm like going to bed at four. Mm-hmm. Like, well, going to bed at midnight and just like, please let me sleep. I'm wondering until how four. this story is coming back around. <laughs> oh, yeah, I should probably loop back. Let's just skip to the ending, which is that last night I uh, was up really late, did like 15 mock drafts for the Broncos. Oh, okay. Uh, yes, yes. Had a blast. Yes. There were so many fun ones. And yeah, what are you finding? I'm finding that you have to take a receiver at 11. That's where the value lies. It is. It is because the tackles are gone. Yeah. Oh, Tristan Wirfs, Andrew Thomas, forget it. That that ship sailed. Yeah. If they're sticking outside of the top ten, that ship has sailed. Outside of the top seven, I think that ship has sailed. And and we should remind people, most likely drafting at eleven right now. Yeah, drafting at eleven. I mean, it, right now, that's not locked in forever. This week, if the season ended today, the Chargers would be drafting tenth overall. They Taking would be drafting eleventh. If it's they available. would take like, a tackle. It. Because even Garrett Bowles is at least better than Russell Okung, we found out. Isn't that pretty crazy? Crazy. Warms your heart. Justin Hollins straight up punking Russell Okung. <laughs> that was amazing. Maybe Justin Hollins is just good. He's actually pretty darn good. I, I am really excited told, about He's him. pretty darn Put good. Put him inside. 
Like, see, he, uh, that's what I was going to say, though. I think we kind of found out, like, let's stop messing around and trying to put him inside. Like, he's so good as an outside linebacker. Make it make it work for you. I think, I think that he's good enough inside, though, that yeah, when you put him yeah. there and you have him rush 75% of the time up the middle, then have him drop occasionally, he can just give you those different looks. Um, especially right, because I think that right. he's a guy that... With him, it's almost like a five-one-four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's oh, I mean, almost like that double A five, gap. One, Every, five, like, sorry. throw six guys on the line of scrimmage and see what happens. Like, yeah, he's he's one yeah. of those guys that you can do that with. Put him anywhere because he is versatile enough to do different things from those different spots. He'd be perfect on the Patriots, where they love those like versatile, mm. athletic, big linebackers, like high tower type. Right, right. Yeah. Jamie Collins, where yeah. you can. It's not so. Their front four isn't great, but with those linebackers, they're bringing them on the blitz. You don't know which one's coming, and they manufacture pressure that way. Justin Hollins would be a nice fit like that. But yeah, I mean, the options. You know, Henry Ruggs firmly in contention. I think that's your guy. I think I, this I really guy think at 11 is not someone who you need to. Again, I, it depends on. It's he's all going about. To, he's going to rise in the combine. It's, you just uh, exactly. know he is. And it's out of our hands. It's out of the front office and scouting department's hands. It's all going to come down to what does our medical staff say. Yep. If Greek and those guys clear him. Boom. Okay, I mean, he's clear. He's a cool. top 10 guy. Yep. And Move on. Here's here's another note. I know. Like, and the injuries have never been serious. Like there's no like, no. oh, man, degenerative knee damage no. like he might be good for four years but then that's going to catch up like no it's it's all been minor things these happen in in the course of a, an athlete's career they'll have a two-year stretch where it's like man just a little nagging injury after another couldn't quite see the field as consistently but then they got through it and they were great after that. yep and, Demarius and thomas was like this yeah he was wasn't he first like uh. three years <laughs> as a bronco <laughs> could never quite get healthy could never quite stay on the field. Then, boom, super, like, great longevity, like, long-lasting career. I've been very healthy and very reliable And the that. thing about Visca is he just never had a chance to get healthy this year. Like, he just never had a chance to get healthy. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, he did have the chance. He just didn't take it. He never took that two, three games off, just get back to full strength and keep going. You know, yeah. the, the, the quote from the press conference from a week or two ago, I can't remember whether it was after the Stanford game or the Washington game, when he was asked, like, oh, yeah, did, do, do, did it hurt out there? You could tell you weren't 100%. He was like, well, yeah, when I got hit, like, I could feel the pain. But I it's just I pain. Yeah. Like, and you're just like, that is a guy you want on the football team. Like, hopefully we learn that you don't just have him grind through it. And if he can yeah. play 15 snaps, you play him for those 15 snaps. Like, that's what really hurt him is that he didn't have a time to rest up. He just forced himself onto the field no matter what. Um, but, yeah, like Brian Howell, who covers the bus for the Daily Camera, he said last night he went through 20 different mock drafts. All of them had him as a first-round guy. This whole, like, maybe they can steal him in the second round. That's not a thing. No. Like, yeah, maybe you can steal Tua. Or I guess Tua, now we don't. Maybe you can steal Joe Burrow at 11. Like, maybe he's left. It just That's just not how the yeah, draft it's works. It's not happening. It's not how it yeah. works. Um, so yeah, outside of totally that, I mean, there. I think you could hope that Jerry Judy, who's quicker than fast, he's not a physical specimen. I do think, as we do in the draft, from – the end of the season until April when the draft comes, Judy's going to be a guy who falls. Because yep. we, we overlook it, we overthink it, and it's like, dude, at the end of the day, the guy just gets open. Yep. So if he yep. slips to 11, pencil him in. 
CD Lamb, I doubt he drops because he is that physical specimen. But you know, I mean, these wide receivers, there's so much talent. A good one will drop. Yep, and I, I think I think at eleven, uh, assuming that's where you hold in the positioning, right? You know, right, right. The, y- y- if there's a tackle there, you take the tackle. But those, those one two of the good top tackles two tackles because there's going a to be big drop there off is. after that, and, and and it's a deep class, so let's take advantage of that depth. Yep, and so you you don't take either of those two because they just aren't there. You look at maybe a cornerback. You look at receiver. Cornerbacks are probably gone by eleven. At least those elite guys who would be worthy of the pick. Okuda for sure. I think you could have a chance to get the second corner, who for me is Trayvon Diggs out of Bama. Yeah, yeah, and he's a guy. But again, with this scheme, do you want to do that? Not. I, and see, that's the thing. Oh, and that's why I had so much fun going through these mock drafts. Do we need an elite corner? And I say no. I've just been looking at the safeties and the cornerbacks. Where the You're knock on that is safety train, but but here's the thing. But I hear you. Looking looking at the safeties who are falling to the third round or the fourth round because they say ah, he might actually be a cornerback. He might just be a tweener. And and finding those cornerbacks and safeties where that is the knock on them that they might just be like an yes. all around defensive back, and penciling those guys in as the guys that you take in like maybe well, the fourth round. Fancho has shown us those are the guys he loves. Exactly. Like that's where they're going to find the value. Mm-hmm. Um. And Sean Wade is a guy like that out of Ohio State. Not necessarily a safety hybrid, but a guy who can play in the slot, can play outside. Bryce Hall out of Virginia is another guy who fits in that mold. Yep, and he's a guy who I pick quite a bit. I, I You should, and he's been out for the season, so I think you'd get him at a good a value. value. Yeah. A value. Love value. But, yeah, it comes back to it's at 11, game. it's going to be whatever you have as the best receiver available. Because that, again, is just where right. the value is. Right. Might be Judy. Yeah. Might be CeeDee Lamb. Likely those are the two gone. And you get Henry Ruggs. Yeah. And how much fun would that be? Oh, it'd be great. And what a great compliment to Cortland Sutton. I think other guys you'd consider, Isaiah Simmons, the Clemson linebacker safety hybrid. Boy, you'd be great in this scheme. AJ Epinesa out of Iowa, who's really come along as a down lineman. He could be really good. I know it's not maybe the sexiest. Especially because it just hasn't been as much. Production. I would just warn against reaching on the third best tackle. Me too. Austin that's, Jackson. That's what you don't want to see. Jedrick Willis. Is it Jedrick? Anyways, the, the guy, the right tackle out of Alabama, who re- reminds me a lot of Cody Ford, who went to the Bills at the beginning of the second round. They're just. If you want to tackle, you move back up from the second into the first. Yeah. But do not reach. And look, no one's going to be happy with a rookie offensive tackle anyways. So get yourself covered and sign a free agent as well. Sign yep. two. Yeah, seriously. Seriously. Um, well, want to just run through this draft. This is one of my sure. favorite drafts that I sure. hit. Um, Henry Ruggs at 11. Austin Insane. Jackson at 43. Insane. Perfect. Again, he's the tackle from USC. Yeah. Uh, C.J. Henderson, the cornerback from Florida, at seventy-five. How's that happening? Ty- I know. And, and again, like the positions the Broncos need, there's a lot of value in the draft, particularly mm-hmm. offensively. Mm-hmm. You can find these guys yes. slipping. It is a great offensive draft. We've said that so much, right? Yeah. And then Tyler Johnson, wide receiver from Minnesota, at eighty-six. Ooh, I like that. Uh, yeah, it, again, because then all of a sudden you have him, Sutton, and Henry Ruggs as your, your three. next two picks are the ones I love. Then, let's get into him. Lloyd Cushenberry III, the offensive lineman, interior guy from LSU at 95. 
What a steal. I mean, to get two O-linemen like Cushenberry and Jackson and two wide receivers like Johnson and Ruggs and then still add a starting caliber corner in Henderson, I mean, come on. That's just stupid. I love it. That's just stupid. And then you get into Najee Harris from Alabama, the running back, who just a power guy. I think that guy's so talented, he's going to go like in the top 50 picks. Probably. I don't know how Harris drops. There's this whole pack of running backs who are kind of in that area. Yeah, that's true. And there's there's one that's going to fall. And I hope it's Harris. You know, Eno Benjamin's right there. Zach Moss Mm -hmm. from Utah is Mm -hmm. right there. But there's this Mm -hmm. whole group where you can find some value in the middle rounds. Yeah. We're both on board, right, with you need need to get a running back probably. I think so, too. I I think that they're – you just that's a position you don't fill in free agency. You wait for the draft. You get a good one who can contribute right away. We all love Phil Lindsay. He does a lot of good things. You never know when a running back just might No, and lose you need it. a complimentary and back, plain and simple. Exactly. You, one running back is not how it's done, especially Even, a guy who the coaching staff's afraid to give more than like 12 touches. Yeah, Royce Royce Freeman. Sure. Yeah. Throw him out there occasionally. Yeah. We can you can find an upgrade. He ain't it, Chief, as the kids would say. And imagine you get a knock on wood, Royce Freeman or Phil Lindsay gets banged up. Then all of a sudden you're asking one of them to carry the load with Devontae Booker. Yeah. You no. just need more running backs. No, you no, always no. need more running yep. backs. My my th- like every other year you should draft a running back. That's my theory. Why not? Then all of a sudden that four year rookie in, contract you always just get yeah. two. Just again, or pick there's one gonna up be some in, value in right free around a- there. as an undrafted free agent. Yeah. Like just Help yourself. Uh, from there, I hit uh, uh, Chaz Surratt, the linebacker from North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Just, again, Need to new, watch more of him, but heard some good things. Just yep. athletic, raw, this next a guy who too. I think could be a fit next to A.J. Johnson. Yeah. Yep. Um, Albert Aquegpunam? Albert O, as I call him, and a lot of people <laughs> call him. Uh, Drew Locke would be over the moon excited. Exactly. If Albert O... His star tight end at Mizzou mm-hmm. came on board. Uh, I mean, you you have like legitimately one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, maybe eight guys who have second round type talent. It it's just. I mean, and again, I did this a bunch of times. You remember remember when the Broncos drafted Bradley Chubb and. John Elway was supposed like he had the trade all set up, sure. to move down with sure. the Bills, and he's like, "Well, we never had that happening in a mock draft. You just have to have that value." And of the fifteen drafts that I did, this is the one where it just fell perfectly. I was like, "Oh, screenshotting this to talk about Dre, might as well do it on the show." Love um, it. But again, I think another tight end, just do it. It doesn't have to yeah. be a high round yeah. guy. Yep. But looking at the way they play, you have Beck out there so much. You. you you have yeah, well, I mean, three Hiram. tight end sets are all the rage now that Jano's out. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's just what they're doing. Throw throw some more talent in there. See if you can raise the level. If he doesn't play, you you blew a sixth-round pick. Right. And it's a guy who Drew Locke, like, it's perfect. And then Evan Weaver, linebacker from Cal with Love the him. last pick. Love him. And with what they've done with Alexander Johnson, mm-hmm. pick a guy like Weaver at all costs. And I doubled down on that linebacker thing, which I don't think the Broncos necessarily need to do, but the value is there. It's the seventh round. Just do it. Right. Um, no, I love I mean, I'm so excited. Dude, I'm, you'd be hard-pressed to do any better than that. I just want – I kind of want to stop the podcast and just run through, like, five more. I think I'm addicted. Okay, I love it. Oh, it's so much fun. It also means that I know, like, reading through the bios, all of these guys, this is what I should have been doing to prep for the draft pod early in the season. Um, yep. I get to call this work. Which is, it's <laughs> which pretty, is pretty amazing, cool. huh? Um, 
any any negative thoughts anything that you would change any places where you No, think that's like an all-time great draft, Henry. You don't I think would it's say temper expectations. No, no. If anything, it's not offense heavy enough. Ah, love it. Right? Like, come on. I, I do. I'd think... throw a backup quarterback in there. Like, mm, let's get this going, okay. and let's let's fix this offense. I'm. I don't know about you guys, but I'm a little sick of these uh, not being able to even score 25 points. And I think that when you try to fix this offense, you get bigger and bulkier on the offensive line. Just fill that out. You know what? It Bigger, but also more athletic, right? I yeah. think that's the priority. Yep. And, and I, I typically was trying to get a second tackle in there. Mm. And you know what? Juwan James, maybe he gets healthy. You're, you're drafting a guy who doesn't play. Good backups are valuable. Good back backups are always valuable. And it just seems like the Broncos for the last few years have been trying to find, like, okay, we need five guys who can play on this offensive line. And occasionally they find a group that works well together then one ends up being bad or one gets hurt and just something always happens. You just need backups everywhere. I mean, they've found Especially some, on the offensive line. You know, like Elijah Wilkinson, good yeah. backup. Yeah. Problem is he's had to start damn near every game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not ideal. Just just throw some more talent at that offensive line. Throw some more tight end and definitely just get some speed at receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, KJ Hamler is a guy who I know you're in love with, getting him at the top of the second round. Love. I mean, what happens... If you get Henry Ruggs in the first round, KJ Hamler in the second round, can, cool. can you go with two receivers? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and you know, one can be outside, a speed guy who you can move around. Hamler's more that quick guy who you can use on, uh, you know, the little jet sweeps and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Can be in the slot and get open and exploit matchups. And then you have your physical specimen in Sutton. And Fant, and yeah, I, mm-hmm. I like the I like the makings of that. And on that little jet sweep thing, um, just to plug what I wrote about Visca one more time, uh, in that Ravens offense in the section I wrote about the Ravens, uh, the Ringer actually tweeted out a video where they do like the playbook, like drawing up the plays. Yeah, yeah. And so I threw in the tweet where they broke down the pistol offense the Ravens are running, and one play in particular where. It's kind of, you have one receiver outside, you have the pistol, you have a running back, a fullback, you have a receiver in tight on the right, and they run that uh, sweep with uh, Marquise Brown because he's so speedy, you get around the edge. Henry Ruggs, again, faster than Marquise Brown? I don't know about that. He might be. He He might might be, be. but merely because he's a freak. Like, Marquise Mm -hmm. Brown can fly. He can fly. But the point is, you throw Visca into that role, just because he isn't the speed guy who you typically have running that doesn't mean it doesn't work. He's just a power runner. It's just a different look. And that's the thing about Visca where you throw him all these different places in the formation. He can do so many different things. Maybe it's Visca round one, Hamler in round two. Ugh, I don't know. Not against that. I really like receivers. I hey, you need I, receivers. Same here. Same here. Just need receivers, offensive line. Absolutely. This thing out. Um, Absolutely. That was a long time on that as well. Oh, oh well. Um, we'll move on to the college football playoff, or do you have any more Broncos thoughts you want to get off? No, let's get into college football playoffs. <sighs> so Actually, basically, here, let's, let's start. Let's start with this week, or uh, let's yeah. start with this week with the conference championships. Kind of talk about those, how okay, they affect perfect. the college football perfect. playoff. See if we can narrow it down to who we do you think the do four questions be. before then. That way, we, yes, yes. Let's get into questions first. Okay, also, we had a special one for you, Henry. Okay. Um, 
Also, do want to say I use the Draft Network's uh, mock draft thing. We've yeah. had a couple people like send us their mock drafts. Yeah. I love that even more because it's like you get there's there's like a rush that comes with mock drafting, and it takes like 15 minutes to get through the whole draft and then oh. like get that rush. If you guys just want to send those to us, My then I just get that instant rush. <laughs> I don't need to go through the work of actually picking all the players. Love that. Oh. Definitely keep doing that. Um, you're Maybe leave them in the comments. You're such know. a weirdo. I love you. I love the draft. Um, now that Drew Locke is good, it makes this offense fun. Yeah, no kidding. And I'm going it to really spend does. as much time on this before, knock on wood, he uh, regresses. You are right. That I was lacking clarity for the longest time, and now I feel like, okay. Okay. I feel good. If we're going to stick with Locke. We don't need again, to. Again, it's almost need. like we'll stick with Locke for a year because this next quarterback class might be better anyways. And, and if it's a complete disaster, it's a complete disaster, and we take Fields or Lawrence. Better yet. And if you just... Even better. Exactly. If you just build up this offense, put Drew Locke in the best possible situation, just throw talent out there. Who knows who's ready to start year one, who isn't. But just get that influx started so that it will slowly just like matriculate through. And if Drew Locke isn't the guy, then all of a sudden you actually have some base to build off of when you do throw a quarterback into that, which I think is right. probably the better situation. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Uh, you got the comments pulled up? Yeah. So, okay. special one from Shaggy Mick. Um, Ryan was schooling me on how I pronounce all these. Shaggy McLovin-y? Uh, Shag Shaggy McLovin the third. Oh, what do you, Why... If, uh, well, I don't three know. eyes in a row. Well, Shaggy McLovin-E. Why not wise. another space and like three capital eyes to really spaces? drive home? I think Shaggy McLovin the third. I think you did a spectacular job. Is he the one that's saying nice things about me? Yeah, he okay, is. That's why I felt and like I should <laughs> again, Ryan <laughs> corrected me last week on this, and I completely blew it. <sighs> um, he says, "Hey, Henry." I think you have done a great job on the CU podcast, even though the team hasn't quite lived to what we thought. If they can't be fun, I have to be. Exactly. I hear you have good knowledge of small schools. Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. Dante Olson. I went to James Madison University. Okay, don't like and you And even now. though we, <laughs> we are growing, <laughs> it's hard to find information from across the country now in San Diego. I was wondering if there are any prospects you could see being drafted or be productive player in the NFL. They did have a very intriguing cornerback last year. And I hear Dimitri Holloway, their linebacker, getting just a little praise here. Here's what I can say about On the light side. James Madison right now. Yeah. Um, honestly, not that much. I can definitely say that these small schools don't get nearly enough attention. Mm -hmm. Um and I don't really know why, because, you know, being in Missoula, we all know Dante Olsen's about to break the NFL. Like, he's going to uh. get up there, and he's just <laughs> going to be like, oh, wow, well, where did this guy come from? Yeah. How did he slip to the sixth round? Because that's what always happens. You see these guys, and you're just like, oh, that's a special athlete. Like, he has that, like that look I was talking about with Utah. He has that look. He is so big right. and so fast and all that stuff. You're just like... He is a guy who will go to the next level and compete with anybody else. Happened with Brock Coyle, all these different guys where it's, you just don't know why that hype doesn't sneak through. Right. You'd think that somebody would be tuned in enough to Missoula, a place that turns out prospects every yeah. year or two, yeah. that they would see 
everybody saying Dante Olsen is a freak. But then all of a sudden, you get on Love the Draft Network's mock draft simulator, obviously, but he's not even on there. You're like, he's a guy who should definitely be on there. I don't know why you don't get the hype. Um, it's really hard. Um, well, there's too many people. There, there are a lot and of people. And we get caught up too much in the Power Five. And, and who you, you can know. see on TV yeah. every week. Yeah. Um, for me, I don't catch too much James Madison because it's on the other side of the country. I, I pay more attention to the big sky, obviously. Now that we get into the playoffs, uh, I will be very bought in. Definitely very bought in. Um, and I'll definitely do some research on James Madison, too. Uh, for those of you who aren't FCS fans, so like North Dakota State has been the number one for a while. Mm-hmm. James Madison has been right on their heels um, and actually won one of them, but they're still the number two because <laughs> NDSU is just that good. So like this is a program that you should know about. You know, um, I'll dig in. They're going to be fun to watch throughout this run. And I'll have some FCS talk from watching the FCS playoffs. I'll make that my thing. Now that hopefully I'll have yes, some please. Saturdays. I love that. Free. That sounds ah. outstanding. Yep. Um, yeah, so here's what I'll say. Frustrating that you don't get more attention because that is a good football team. And I'm not sure who James Madison played this year, but I guess that they gave some FBS schools a run for the money early in the season because that's the type of program. you. Th- I mean, it's, it's like Appalachian State where mm. now they're competing in the FBS and everybody's like, oh, yeah, like that's a good program. They were that good in the FCS, and uh, it's just frustrating. They don't get nearly enough attention because no, they are right. little brother. For the you're same right. reason that if Colorado is 15 points better than CSU, the line's probably going to be set at 18 mm-hmm. because there is just that little right. bit of There's little brother bias. feeling. There's that um, bias, yeah. So first, yeah, that's frustrating. Second, I'll definitely do some James Madison research and get back to you. Uh was there, there anything else go. in there, Dre? Nathan Wheeler on the latest podcast. I saved that one specifically for okay. you. That was from a podcast ago. Okay. says, hey, guys, I've been in training for the last three months and was finally able to catch up. I watched the ASU versus Oregon game. Okay. And that wide receiver, Ayuk, stud, <laughs> looks like a j- legitimate NFL wide receiver. Yep. What are your thoughts on him and the other ASU prospects like Benjamin? Also, if you could touch on the Pac-12 guys in general. Thanks. I would ask about CU, but I thought you guys did an amazing job of breaking that down. We we broke them down a little bit with Ryan on the show last week. Oh, good. Take my Yeah, job. the only notice, uh, the only thing you asked was make sure he's not as good as me. I'm a, I'm afraid he did a d- <laughs> darn good job. People really <laughs> love did. that oh pod. Oh, yep. goodness. Yeah. Uh, um, well, we'll be talking, you know, we've been talking <laughs> about a lot of Pac-12. We'll be talking some more in the previews of the Pac-12 championship with the two best teams. We talked about Utah. We've talked about CU a bunch. We've yeah. talked about Austin Jackson, the tackle from USC a bunch. Um, Ayuk is a speedster, dynamic. Love that guy. Yep. Um, back to the podcast thing. I will say that listening to that podcast yeah. is really frustrating because, because I, I want to talk. Like there's so many things where you guys say something I'm like, oh, I should be there to chime in. And I was listening to it on the plane. I was also listening to a bunch of my podcasts. Yeah, nice. Because I was like, <laughs> need to hear whether I'm because actually you're not an egomaniac at all. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been trying to clarify. I have brought this. I've just like mentioned it in passing on the Buffs Pod. But it's like you just, I know which podcasts feel good. Got to like listen to those. Do they uh-huh. actually turn out well? Also know which podcasts don't feel as good. Right. Do they actually not translate? Right. Like what are the you know, it's like a learning thing. And so to go through it's all like that, sometimes like, okay. you make the magic that that mm-hmm. special sauce, but you need to 
uh-huh. it's tough to recreate the special sauce. Exactly. So you, you and, know, and you, so like you, you listen gotta, to it and yeah. you're like, oh, I think that some. if if I were to do this again, like there's this line that I would throw in right here, like I could clarify this just a little bit better. And so I was doing some of that, and then I jumped into your podcast with Ryan because, well, first of all, because I didn't know what you guys talked about, but also because I was like, what does it sound like without me? Um, and it was like that times a million because I just had so many things I wanted to chime in and say, and I didn't write any of them down. Um, there you go. But maybe yeah. you'll do that for the next podcast. <laughs> maybe. Now maybe. that you've found out that doing research on prospects would, would help you <laughs> do a better job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Turns out. Um, Boom. Roasted. Was There was one more thing in there. There was a question in there. Eno Benjamin. Oh, we love who Eno. I mentioned, who I mentioned earlier as sure. part of that group of running backs. Uh, He's gotten Emmett Smith comps <laughs> late, thir- like like right around that hundredth hundredth pick spot. Exactly, is right. where on the verge of late day three, late day two, early day, late day two, there. early day. Three. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He's round definitely a three, part of that day group. Three. It gets confusing. Um, I like him. Just I think I might even like him better than Najee Harris. I think that he Oof. he might be a little bit more dynamic. I'm a bit I, of a Najee guy, I guess. Uh-huh. I know. I he. I am too. I am too for a bunch of reasons. You know, he's more athletic than you'd think for how big he oh. is. Like he's actually stupid athletic. He's hurdling guys up. He just yeah. there. He just doesn't have that total upside. Like he's going to get caught in the open field. In right that breakaway NFL. speed. Yeah, and and that's something that just you know so low to the ground though so uh-huh. powerful. Like uh-huh. you'll just bounce off a thigh. And I think that when push comes to shove shove not shove yep, um yep, yep. Najee is going to get a little bit more hype because of the bama thing which mm. maybe deserve maybe being developed at bama is why mm. all these bama running backs mm. have gone on to be good in the nfl but yeah some some much better than others being on it's fair being on national tv being a bama running back um i think that sometimes well, the pac-12 guys get a little bit like recruiting hype you know oh yeah like, oh yeah he was a five-star yeah, yeah. he was a crazy talented he's what six two two 30 something like that right and he hurdles guys and on he the hurdles leg. and he just doesn't have that top end speed like i like him i like zach moss i like you know benjamin um yeah I we think any one I of think those we guys cover the right pac-12 prospects quite a bit and we'll get to even more as the as the draft season I know. goes now, full as blown. soon as like college football season's over we can just spend some time going position by position you know we could take like a few weeks and just say, here's the full breakdown of right. wide receivers, rounds right. one through seven, exactly. what we're looking at. Uh, also brought up Bradley Ayuk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Stud. Whew. He is a stud. He. Um, we didn't talk about him in the Hamler, Devontae Smith, nope. Rugs. That's where he'd that fit That discussion, in. though, he's, you know. He's, he's right he's there. He's that second tier of, of wide receivers, second. but he'd be great in Denver because of that speed. And, uh, yeah, but there are so many other speedy guys. And and I almost feel like lots of speed in this class. And like Ayuk, Papa likes. I don't. <laughs> I, I know he isn't just like a straight up speed guy. He I feel like he he has more. He's he's a little bit bigger than some of those other guys. He isn't mm-hmm, like a mm-hmm. KJ Hamler who's just like fast, like tiny. fast little guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like your traditional speedy guy. And I do like that he is more diverse. But I would also just like. A guy who's like, you're small, you're fast, just go do your thing. Like, let's not worry about trying to put too much on your plate. Let's not worry about trying to make you this and this. I know that you will be able to outrun any NFL defender, so go get the ball and run. Um, 100%. I do think that I like Ayuk. I like him a lot if you get a guy like Ruggs in the first round, Mm -hmm. who is just like a straight-up speed guy. If you get like a CD Lamb, 
um, then I might be more tempted to go with a guy like KJ Hamler, who is mm-hmm. just like that pure. You are fast. Yep, and that is what you are. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thoughts? Total. I'm with you, man. I'm cool. with you. Let's. Uh, we'll do the college football talk with the predictions of the championship games. Okay. Uh, first, we should talk about. Uh, we sure will. Oh, oh no! This is uh, Strava Craft Coffee. Uh, I heard that there was some Strava Craft Coffee on the office on the day you guys did the pod without me. Of course. Of course. You know. As we always do, because we love that CBD coffee and uh, it smells so good. You can hear it all. You can smell it all over the office and it it mellows us out. It doesn't give us the coffee jitters that can make us sound so wonky on these podcasts. Do I sound wonky? Well, sometimes I wonder if you had a few too many (laughs) Red Bulls. I only had one today. Okay. It was a big one, though. They have like the... But you know, if you had some Strava instead... Then I wouldn't have the jitters. But then I'd also have to build like a whole new persona off of a guy who doesn't have mm. jitters, you know? Mm. You fear he'd become like an NPR radio guy? <laughs> <laughs> we should mention CBD, even though it relaxes you, non-psychoactive, and it helps with a lot of things. I know you've got a list there. Oh, yeah. You uh, know. IBS? <laughs> who wants that? I went to the bathroom five times during this podcast. Thanks to Strava Coffee, I don't ever again. No, that no, doesn't I, happen. No, don't don't I'm say being, that's not true. I'm being go silly. with it. Go with I'm it. being silly. That's okay, yeah, that, that um, does happen. <laughs> everything: yeah, anxiety, depression, yep, yep, physical pain, emotional pain. I check all those boxes. Yes. Yep. Just poor guy. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and and how do you still check those boxes now that you've had CBD coffee? Of course not. I'm I'm uh, all I, good. I was worried about like is that I'm actually all good? Good. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Strava I'm, craft I'm coffee. I'm cured thanks to Strava. Um, if you want then you can try it for 20% off with the code DNVR20. That's, it's a steal. Like, why just drink regular coffee when there's coffee that will fix all of your problems as well? Right, right. Okay, college football. Um, a big time for college football. We're about to figure out who the college football playoff teams are. Uh, we'll have all of that finalized in like five, six days. Isn't that crazy to think that we've made it all the way through this season? It's I don't know. It just doesn't feel real to me that this is all kind of coming to an end. Luckily, the draft pod is just getting started. This is like the first step for us. Yeah, like, this was like a warm-up. Exactly. Like, what what happens on the field, that's like one of the three or more pieces. And that one piece takes four months to, to come together. Whereas the rest of it just like, boom, boom, boom. Uh, Got to convince Brandon to bring me to... <laughs> Senior Bowl. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Working on that. Davion Taylor's there. He said, oh, I shouldn't say all that. But I would love to have like a story about what Davion Taylor, like what is, let's get inside the Senior Bowl because he'd tell me all about it. Um, also, he would be so much fun. He he looks like a linebacker. Now that, now that I've spent more time around him, just like looking at him, when you get down next to him, he has like the bigger pads. Like God, the shape love, of him is starting to be more. You gotta love a bigger pad. I, I tell know, you, I like, Nate I know Lemons. that sounded dirty and silly, but um, it there is something about those bigger pads. I know, it's right? It's just like, man, It's I like love that. Nate Landman next year is like, what, six-round pick, but he wears a neck roll. You think he's standing? Third-round pick. I guess he's standing. I, I, will, I will say, from what I've heard, I would expect uh, Nate Landman to be around. Again, nothing is, like, breaking, finalized. Breaking. I've I'm heard... A, 
I've heard that he's trending towards sticking around. Okay. Um, I'll write on my burner blogger account. I'll write that post of well, that aggregator post of well, like <laughs> breaking DNVR draft <laughs> podcast says Nate Landman coming back for another year. And I have to throw a probably in there. There you go. Just because that's I'll bury how that in my blog post. <laughs> yeah, of course. It's oh. like, uh, did you see somebody, uh, oh, like SB Nation or Bleach Report, somebody oh. wrote like, well, that's not Rockies are getting calls on <laughs> Nolan Arenado. You know, that was actually ESPN. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. But, yeah. but buried in there was like, and they shut them all down. Like, there is nothing here. That's but, right. Um, in other related news, people are calling new sports Illustrated, all oh. people about potential things that will never <laughs> happen in sports. Uh, so is the life of a front office. you got to consider all options. Crazy. Just like uh, we need to consider all options. Like if Utah loses to Oregon, that opens the door for Oklahoma and Baylor. Are you having a casual conversation in Slack right now? Oh, yeah. I <laughs> I've, I've been answering some help emails. <laughs> I think I just hired two interns while we've been doing this <laughs> podcast. Oh, my um, goodness. Okay. Uh, college football happening this week. Let's, yeah. let's just run through this. Let's yeah, just college football is happening um, this week. That's starts correct. Starts on Friday uh, with Utah, Oregon. What do you expect there? Um, maybe the best D-line in the country against the best O-line in the country. So lots of pro prospects there. I go on to see... Um, Foto the D tackle and Anaya the D end against Penny Sewell, the best left tackle in college football. He's not draft eligible, but he's amazing. How he handles Anaya will be probably the biggest test since they played Auburn. Um, and how Foto does against that amazing interior offensive line. Probably the best prospect is Shane Lemieux, their guard. Um, and I also want to see Calvin Thock. Throckmorton. Throckmorton, the right tackle who I think in the NFL profiles inside. A guy who I think really fits well with the Broncos. Both those um, defenses, as talented as it gets. We talked about Utah's defense. We've talked about Oregon's defense plenty in the past. Travis Dye, um, definitely up there. No, Troy Dye. Yep. Travis uh, Dye yep. is their He's offensive the player. And obviously, Justin Herbert, it doesn't get bigger, bigger than this test and how he does against this defense. He's not been good the last couple weeks, that loss against ASU. And against Oregon State, I heard people saying, like, oh, he got back on track. No, he didn't. <laughs> he should be lighting up Oregon State. Like, he yeah. didn't. What standards do we have where it's like, oh, Herbert's shown significant improvement, blah, 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 but it's like, oh, LaVisca Chanel, he's, he's dropping to day three because yeah. of the injuries. Like, what are you guys watching? Yeah. Fix your eyes. I went to the eye doctor 20, How'd it go? 20, brother. Oh, my goodness. You're lucky. Yeah. Is, is there something you do to make that happen, or is it all just luck? Just like genetics you, and being the best film analyst in the biz. That's how putting you Putting them to it. staring at screens close to your face is what is keeping now, your eye health. Now. That's what I'm hearing from you. Because of how much <laughs> I stare at screens, I am getting glasses for screens. The blue ones? Because then I don't see so well at night because my eyes are exhausted from staring at screens. My oh eyes no. are great, though. I'm reading the bottom lines of everything at the eye doctor. I barely got my driver's license. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, I went in there, <laughs> and the lady was like, if you got one less line, I would have had to uh, take your license. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. Yeah, so uh, I'm real excited. you to a lot riding on that. Okay, here's a secret. Hopefully none of you guys are cops. I haven't gotten my Colorado license yet. Oh, boy. Mostly because I'm terrified that they're going to try to take it from me. Oh, boy. Hey. Uh, yeah, so that's 
So you anyways, know, just all these st- stressors in my 22-year-old life. <laughs> you <Utah. laughs> can't I drink the DMV <laughs> into thinking I can see. Utah's uh, a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Oh, football. This game is played on Friday. I'm so glad this game kind of has its own showcase. It deserves it. Utah six and a half. What you got? Um, first of all, I'm surprised the Pac-12 didn't just say like, "Oh, let's just throw it at ten o'clock." Why not? Right, right. Ugh. Okay, but yeah, like six o'clock, six and a half. Give me Utah. Utah's such a good football team with the points. Yep, yep. I mean, and and this isn't a game. Utah isn't a team that profiles as winning against good teams by a lot of points. Um, it's a lot like. You kind of saw it against Colorado, honestly, where you know Colorado actually got up on them early because of some mistakes, but they just slowly but surely just keep plotting and plotting and taking things away. Then you start pressing, and then they start to build the lead. And it's just like consistently throughout the game, they're just going to end up with a 30-point win, 45-15. It isn't going to be like first quarter they go out there, put up 30, and then right, just kind of hold right. on to it. You want um, a scorching hot take? What? Utah just within the... The framework of college football, not projecting to the NFL, which is not what we do on this podcast at all. I think Utah is the better college football quarterback. Tyler Huntley? Yeah. I think, I I mean, if you, I mean, he's got to be like first team all Pac 12. I think he. Oh, he won't be, but because people Uh, are stupid. But I don't know. I haven't heard that get a vote for that. I should get a vote. I'm a player of the week voter. I should check. Damn straight, you should. I'm going to figure so, that out. He anyways, gets my vote, though. I want to put that on. Am I allowed to tell my vote? I don't know. They didn't send me the email. We'll find out. If, my, if not, not Anthony bet. Gordon of Washington <laughs> State is probably it. Seriously. It's not rated, Herbert. I tell you that much. No, it ain't Ooh, Herbert, kids. No, it isn't. Uh, so. um, but, yeah, uh, Tyler Huntley. That's the thing, though, against Oregon. Does that whole, like, squeeze it out, like, boa constrictor? That's how Adam Tiger described it. I was like, yeah, boa constrictor. I like oh, that. Oh, wait. I was telling Brandon that. Some teams play like uh, it's uh, they're like bull constrictors yeah. and they don't start hot. They they won't bite you with venom off the no. bat, but they slowly get you and in then the grip. You start trying to press, throw down field. By the time they air, got you, you're get a little dead. chunk right there mm-hmm. and they just pull you in. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all about that kind of stuff against okay. Oregon. I've talked myself into Utah, but this line scares me. Yep. I'll just I, say I'm that. not sure. I think that Oregon will be the same thing where they slowly beat them. They're going to be up three at halftime, and people will be like, oh, no, this One. this could be terrible if for Utah the If Utah gets up early, they've blown all the leads they had in big games. That's like what they do under yeah. Herbert. So that's yep. glaring red flag. Yep. And I so think, anyways, we've got Utah. I think it's going to be like a late cover. That's for big Utah. for the college football playoffs if Utah wins. Yep. That's big. It's huge for the Pac-12. Yeah. The next Having game is in the college Baylor at, against Oklahoma. A rematch. This was a crazy game. Baylor should have won. Oklahoma kind of wins at the last second. Lots of talent. Lots of talent on the defense for Oklahoma. Neville Galmore, um, Kenneth Murray, linebacker, defensive tackle. Both would be nice in in they Denver. Would. But Jalen Hurts is really the story here. He's th- how is he ever not the story? And the wide receiver, C.D. Lamb against Denzel Mims. Exactly. That's really like where the NFL well. talent is. Oklahoma, eight and a half point favorites. I think the win straight up. I do not like eight and a half on this line. Give me Baylor with the points. Yeah, I, 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 ah, it's so tempting. Oklahoma's going to win the game. I'm do confident it, Oklahoma's going to win the game. Give me, give me Oklahoma. Confident. Let's keep getting. There you go. I'll, I'll take Oklahoma against points. We remind okay. people we're, we've been almost perfect against the spread, though we do forget to track every game. So take that with a grain of salt. The ones because that I, we check, we feel I good about. I just lied through my teeth. So <laughs> there you go. Um, 
Also, okay, so here's the question, though. Utah at number five, playing 13 Oregon. Oklahoma, yeah. number six, playing number seven Baylor. Utah and Oklahoma both win. Utah holds their ground ahead of Oklahoma, right? I'm not so sure, buddy. Really? I think it's going to come down to who wins convincingly between Oklahoma and Utah. And that's not what Utah does. That's assuming Oklahoma or Utah even win. I just, either one of those games could go the other way. But I think the committee spoke pretty clearly when they raised Baylor up at seven. They're saying Oklahoma wins convincingly. That might just be enough to jump Utah. I know. It, it is really exciting and a lot of fun, and there's some unpredictability. It's going to make that selection show a lot of fun mm-hmm. if both these teams win. I mean, but we might have time, to record the next draft pod like on a Monday or something before the oh, committee yeah. comes out. Or maybe we do a reaction show. Yeah. Wouldn't that be, do I that wonder too. if we could convince RK to come in here too or something. Could just do like a live reaction show. That'd be a lot of fun. We've had a lot of like side conversations we could have easily had off air in this pod, huh? Uh, getting to see how the <laughs> sausage is made. It's pretty gross. Um, <laughs> but, but, but okay, I, the point of what I was trying to say was uh, all that's kind of exciting, but at the same time, how is this sports and we don't even know what these teams have to do to make it in the playoffs? Like how do we not know like Utah, you have to win this game or you need to win and you need these teams to lose and that's just all right points. in college football. It's yeah. a, ugh, so just arbitrary. For starters, Ohio State is in win or lose. Yep. LSU is in win or lose. Yep. Clemson, I think, has to stay undefeated, but they play Virginia. Not worried about that. Clemson favored by 28 and a half. Let's run through that. You got Clemson with the points? Uh, that's a lot of points, but yeah. Yeah, I do too. Virginia, solid defensive unit, but I, I think the fairy tale ends here. Great win for them against Virginia Tech. I want to get into more of Who are you pulling for in that one? I always pull for the. Under. I know. I, I really want to see I Virginia could never, and see what happens. I always wanted to be a guy who was like a bandwagoner and was like, "Oh, my second team is Ohio State." I went my, to the Lakers game last my night. My second team is Oregon. There were plenty of those. Uh, yeah, I can't gross. do it though because Ugh. it's like anytime those teams are in a close game, I'm rooting for the underdog. Yeah, who's that number zero guy? It's like it's it's Kyle Kuzma. He's garbage, but you're supposed to like him. You don't even know that, and you think you're a Lakers fan. Okay, Ugh. let's let's not get into the. I know. Let's get, not, not get into your rage. Game. So LSU, Ohio State, in no matter what, Clemson needs to win to stay in. I think those top three are locked in, and then it comes to if Georgia beats LSU, they're in. Period. End of story. LSU is mm. a seven point favorite. We talked to you yep. about the Georgia defense earlier in the pod. Offensively, their two tackles are legit NFL prospects. Andrew Thomas, he's the dream for all Broncos fans. It'd be great if he dropped in the draft to where the Broncos could draft him. Isaiah Wilson, much more raw right tackle, but still very talented. Um, And a real prospect. Jake Fromm, big game for him against this defense. It is. Joe Burrow, big game for him against this defense. And for those wide receivers who are just all world. (sighs) <sighs> LSU is a seven-point favorite. What do you think happens? I think they LSU don't covers. cover. Oh, yeah. yep. I think they don't cover. I think this is the lowest-scoring game LSU has had since they played Auburn and won twenty-three to twenty. Okay, but I still think LSU wins. I might even call the push here. Oh yeah, seven points even. Mm. I I can see it. <laughs> That's ambitious. I could really push. see it. Um, I will say that LSU covers though. I th- 
It, it's going to be a fun game. So many You're feeling fun, fun games. Oh, these are great games. Okay, I mean, let's I'm go. telling you, this is the like Elite Eight. We get the Final Four in the playoffs. This is the Elite Eight. But they don't play each other to move on. It's all just like, hey, if you win this, they kind there's of a 60% do, chance that you're going to get in. Like if you're Georgia, you're playing a playoff team. You are playing a playoff team, but you you don't know. Like Georgia loses, and then I guess they'll know before whether Utah wins. Utah mm-hmm. definitely passes Georgia if Utah wins and Georgia yes. loses, right? Yes. <sighs> Oklahoma also passes Georgia if Oklahoma wins. What if? Just because they're both one-loss teams. What if Georgia, like loses by one on like a last second field goal and utah wins by one on a last second field goal like is it so close that like that's the thing about how arbitrary this whole thing is? i think records and conference championships still play in so the fact that utah still is the pac-12 champion and only has one loss will put utah above georgia okay um i like that that georgia kicker like he misses one that would go in, but you're like he he's gonna he's gonna make that next time. Like there's no way this happens again. Like I I don't know I don't know. I could see it. It's it's I could see it. Um, Lawrence Cager, intriguing wide receiver prospect oh. for Georgia. I don't oh. know much about him. Nor I. Oh okay. We will study up on him as the year progresses, and then the big game: Ohio State against Wisconsin. Maybe the two best running backs in the country. Fair. Wisconsin with a lot of talent on defense will be a real test. Chris Orr, their inside linebacker, one to watch for Broncos fans. Though maybe more of a pass rusher. Tyler Biadas, the center, yep. definitely one to watch. I think and a half points uh, given to Wisconsin. Give me the Buckeyes. Me too. Now, Fields, not 100%, but I still think they light them on fire. Yep. Because that defense, I think they're the best defense and best offense in the country. And Wisconsin is too one-dimensional on offense to do anything against that defense. So. Yep. Wow. So, yeah, I think our final predictions are the final three stay the final three. Yep. Ohio State, Clemson, and LSU all undefeated. Do you think LSU, by covering the spread, which is what you're predicting against Georgia, jumps Ohio State? That's maybe <laughs> the more interesting thing because no one wants to play Clemson in round one. Yeah. No one in the national semifinal wants to play number three Clemson. Ooh. I I, I still think I give it. I to still Ohio think State. Ohio State does because they cover as well, right? So yeah. beating Wisconsin by like twenty is just as impressive as beating Georgia by seven. Yep. Oh, that's right. It's weird. And then Clemson's three. We're predicting Georgia loses. We're predicting Utah and Oklahoma win, both in slightly closer than than the spread would suggest games. What do you think the committee does? Utah or Oklahoma? Who would you rather see? I mean, forget that you're a Pac-12 media I, I, member and well, you see, get like, votes that's, and That's all what's that. so hard to forget that because, like, for me, I want to watch Utah because I know Utah, and I know yeah, like, yeah. I want to see Fotu keep but playing. But you love Jalen Hurts. There is that. I think that that might be like the biggest equalizing force in all of college you football. Should the Oklahoma center Creed Humphrey, big time prospect. So watch huh. him as well. Yeah, uh, I think I'd rather see Utah. I think Utah has a better shot than Oklahoma of actually doing something in the playoff, just because their defense was likely going to give them a chance. Sadly, both would get smoked by Ohio State. 
I mean, on paper, it should be Georgia or Alabama. Like, if you want to huh. give the one seed a real test, it should be Georgia or Alabama. Huh. I hate to I, say I, I, think, I hate I, to that's say fair. But I mean, Utah really hasn't played. I mean, this, this Oregon game is obviously going to be the best team that they play all mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell you that Mel, uh, I don't know if I can't tell you. You know, here. Don't get yourself in trouble. Yeah, I now. can't get myself in trouble. But, you know. This might be a wrap before you get yourself in trouble. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we need to see Utah actually beat somebody. If they if they go out and beat Oregon, look good doing it. And honestly, I, I do think a win against Oregon would be more convincing because they're more talented than Baylor. Like Baylor's a better story, and they mm-hmm. they should be higher ranked. Oregon's like the much tougher test. Who did Oregon lose to outside of Auburn? Arizona State. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah I mean. They should have beat Auburn, too. I know, and that's the thing. Uh, like, I, they I, had that game. They lost on a fluke, man. They did. I don't know. So, I, think, I think Utah gets in ahead of Oklahoma. Okay. I'm with it. They have consistently uh, ranked hard. Utah ahead of Oklahoma, exactly. but we've seen it before where in the last week things change it's so frustrating that we don't know like what the playoff scenarios are it'd be nice if the we just spelled it out i with our guesses <laughs> boy <laughs> like, you need a bracket well well it's kind of like at this point like the broncos make the playoffs that they win out and tennessee loses three games and uh the raiders i think have to lose two games somebody else has to lose like like you know what the path is like the broncos are a bad example because there's a lot of things they need to happen right. but uh just knowing that what you have to do where it's like Utah in the end, it could come down to if you win by three points, that's not going to be enough to hold your ground over Oklahoma. If you win by four more, that's where you're going to end up getting enough votes, but you just don't even know what that line even is. Like it's, it's, it's just so I mean, it all depends. Frustrating. All depends. You, you uh, gotta win convincingly. I, I don't know. It's going to be fun. It's win your be conference exciting. and win convincingly. That's what you got to do. Yeah. Uh, well, Hank, it was a pleasure having you back on. Can't wait for next week. I think we've amped that up enough. We are going to have some crazy good matchups. To I'm talk so about. excited. And so. maybe a whole nother conversation about the Broncos because they win a game and all of a sudden we're like, oh, what's a oh, fif- 15th pick yeah. look like? Please, no. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, please, yes. <laughs> I don't even know. I'm but so torn, guys. I'm so torn. I know. Like, now that... Now that Drew Locke has won a game, it's like maybe you yeah. just buy in and say, you know what, win some football well, games. The be bottom good. line is my Sunday evenings are so much better when they win. Really? They shouldn't be, but I'm in such a better mind. They shouldn't be. Like it's I'm totally just – I watch them as an analyst. I don't necessarily celebrate mm-hmm. scores, and yet that part of me just doesn't go away. You know, uh, I know. After a loss, there's just – It's weird. Just a little more cranky on a Sunday evening. I, and a Monday morning. I think I'm bought it. I'm cheering yeah. for the Broncos to win again. I think we've hit that point where okay. what's I can't fault you. What's the difference between I mean, how many you, you get twelve teams into the playoffs, that's not gonna be the Broncos. So the the worst pick they could get is twentieth by missing the playoffs. Likely they're in that seventeen, eighteen range if they win out. Right, right. Eleven yeah. versus seventeen or eighteen, and obviously they could just move up if it's they a lose. huge difference. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Well, we will tackle that and more topics on the next episode of the pod. Thank you for your questions. Thank you for interacting. Thank you, Hank. Wherever they draft pick this, he's there. Okay, bye.
Bye. <laughs> <laughs>